The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Here we are, the final show of the year. A lot to get into today, but it is just me flying solo. I had multiple writers uh, for our site either commit and then realize that they had to drop out or just say they couldn't do it. So for the final show of uh, 2021, it is just going to be me and you talking about the media. We will get into multiple topics. But first, I I think uh, now is as good of a time as any to celebrate individual members of our business moving up and moving into new leadership roles around the country. I mean, we are less than a month removed from the announcements that Terry Ford was the new PD at the game in Columbia and that uh, Nick Cattles was going to take over Afternoon Drive and the PD role at KHTK in Sacramento. Uh, Ryan Porth leaves the game in Nashville to go be the assistant, uh, whatever you want to call it, content director, PD, I mean, you you decide what the title is now. Uh, alongside Mitch Rosen up in Chicago, that means Chase McCabe is elevated to PD of uh, the game in Nashville, and we just found out uh, the day before this was recorded that Cisco Kid is the new PD of the Sports Animal in Oklahoma City. A lot of movement, even if you were in the running for one of these jobs, even if one of these was your dream job and you did not get it, I think there is still reason to be optimistic. Uh, Plenty of people are maybe not pessimistic, but certainly very concerned about what effects the Omicron variant might have on the economy in terms of job creation or I guess coming to a standstill Right now, let's be optimistic that there was movement. I talked about this last week. 2021 seemed to have flown by very quickly, particularly in comparison to 2020. And the fact that we are looking at movement right now, whether that is people moving into PD roles to replace others that are moving on for whatever reason, or whether it is like Ryan Porth moving into a newly created role up in Chicago, there is a recognition by the corporate interests in this industry, that it's time to be done with standing still, and it is time to build for the future rather than sit still and scared in the present. So whether you landed one of these jobs or not, whether you are emotionally devastated on a personal level, be very encouraged by the fact that we are seeing such serious movement here in the last couple of months of the year. Urban Meyer has finally been fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I want to talk about it. Is it a media story? Well, on its face, no, right? Urban Meyer was an NFL head coach who lost an NFL job, but given a number of things uh, regarding the media, this kind of has become a media story, whether it is people reacting to how they felt like the media treated Meyer, whether it is what Meyer's next move might be, could he return to Fox? Like, there are some interesting media angles to this story. And let's start with the latter there. Let's start with the idea that Urban Meyer might return to Fox. Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reported earlier this week that Fox would have interest in bringing Urban Meyer back should he be fired by Jacksonville and should he decide he is, in fact, done with coaching. I don't know 
if Urban has decided he is done with coaching. I think the coaching world is very clearly done with Urban uh, at this point. I, I just I don't know how that guy has credibility in a locker room ever again. And that is sort of, I think, the crux of the issue here. I know Fox wants to go for headlines. I know Fox doesn't really care about whether or not you have any sort of personal respect for the people on their panel. They like the shock. They like the big headline uh, when they make these kind of hires. It's why they hired Pete Rose a few years ago as a Major League Baseball analyst. But honestly, you look at the way that tenure in Jacksonville went, and I don't just mean the stories coming out of the locker room. I mean... They are so bad. Like, he is the one dude that found a way to ruin a quarterback prospect that could not be ruined. Like, a can't-miss prospect in Trevor Lawrence is going to miss because of Urban Meyer's influence. How do you have any sort of credibility with that guy on your panel? Now, if he were overly entertaining, that would be one thing. I actually thought he was a pretty good analyst in a desk role. He was pretty bad as a game analyst at ESPN, what we're talking about more than, no, maybe about a little less than a decade ago. He was pretty bad in a broadcast booth, but at the desk, he was really good. It's just now there is a new level of uh, suspicion attached to Urban Meyer that I don't know... It certainly doesn't help you. It, it might even hurt you as you go into this ratings battle. As you, you know, each year, we can talk all we want about the head start that college game day had. Next year will be year four, big noon kickoff. They are an established presence at this point. To bring a dude like Urban Meyer back to the dais, I think it stunts any kind of growth, any kind of momentum that that show might be putting together. The other angle of this I wanted to talk about is this weird divide, or maybe perceived divide within the media, about Urban Meyer. This is a clip from Fox Sports Radio. I believe this was from the end of last week. This is Brady Quinn on Two Pros and a Cup of Joe saying that Urban Meyer never got a fair shot from the media. I just, I feel like the media has had it out for him in the first place. I I, I know people who are personally and emotionally frustrated with the fact they haven't got as much access in Jacksonville and people who have worked in that market for a long time and haven't got access to them. And so now they have an ax to grind and that's how they've handled things in Jacksonville purely because they haven't gotten a sit down or they haven't gotten time with them. Like think about how catty that is, but that's how the media is now. Like they use the power of the pen or what you used to say, the power of the pen, basically like like a vendetta just because their personal feelings are hurt. Instead of being professional about it. Now look, we are pro-Brady Quinn on this show. He was nice enough to give us some of his time. I'm not going to say he is a dumb guy. Because I don't believe that. I just believe this is an insanely transparent hot take, right? This is, like, this could not be more crystal clear that a dude is looking out for his buddy. Is trying to talk up his buddy and make sure that the narrative, or that he can combat how negative the narrative has become, I guess is a better way to say it. The other one to point out here is Dan Dockich of OutKick and of the fan up in Indianapolis, who is going out of his way to tell you any negative story that comes out about Urban Meyer is the media out to get him. These takes are so beyond infuriating for those of us that have been media members our whole lives, right? In the sports media, we need former players. We need former coaches. Those perspectives are valuable to our audience. 
But if you are going to come into your new job with the only goal being to continue licking the boots and kissing the ass of people in your own job, what value do you have? And here's the thing. Brady Quinn is very smart. Dan Dockich is very entertaining and knows how to command an audience. Quit doing these dumb things that hurt your credibility. Quit protecting people that don't need your protection. I don't know if... Let's go back to Brady Quinn's hot take for a second there. I don't know who Brady Quinn is talking to down in Jacksonville. I have uh, friends in the Jacksonville media. I've been paying attention all season because I've been very uh, curious, not how, but when this Urban Meyer thing was going to blow up. Dude, the Jacksonville media could not have bent over further for Urban Meyer when he first got to town. They gave him every benefit of the doubt. I listened to a radio show where three people claimed to agree there was no way Urban Meyer knew about the accusations of Chris Doyle being a pretty unapologetic racist at Iowa. That is not reality. That is kissing the ass of the home team. What universe is Brady Quinn talking to people from if he thinks that the media had an axe to grind with Urban Meyer? You're in a new profession, man. There is a new level of, uh, I guess, satisfactory job performance or a new formula for satisfactory job performance. It can't include making sure your friend is treated nicely all the time, particularly when he doesn't deserve it. Let's end the year talking about the NFL's new international marketing rights deals because it ties into something that I wrote earlier in the year about the fact, and I stand by this, that College football is a much better television product right now than the NFL is. College football presents something that is more fan-friendly every Saturday, where you literally have action going, like live games being played from noon on the East Coast until about 2 a.m. whenever Hawaii or one of the uh, one of the Pac-12 or excuse me, Mountain West California teams uh, wraps up their final game. I think these international marketing rights are going to lead to games in more European locations than just London for the NFL. I mean, you know, my Buccaneers have a deal in Germany. I, I can't imagine that won't eventually lead to the Bucks playing a game in Berlin at some point. And then what happens? Well, look at the weeks we have London games. We get 9 a.m. kickoffs, right? This is a way for the NFL to create, and granted, this is not their only goal, I, I understand that, but one of the side effects that is going to help the NFL as a TV product is this is a way to create another television window without dividing up the way the contracts that were just signed are currently constructed. This now gives you a fourth window of games on Sunday, and if every team has marketing rights in a different European country or a different country in general, right? Because we do know that the Rams, for instance, have a deal in China. The Dolphins have a deal down in Brazil. This is not all Europe-based. But if every team has deals in different countries, that can sort of help these time windows float a little bit, right? That game in China... Whenever the Rams do play there, and they absolutely will be playing a game there, like you cannot convince me otherwise, that's probably going to be a 7 or 8 a.m. kickoff. That's just my guess. I, I, I can't say for sure, but that would be my guess as the time for kickoff 
on the East Coast. Does that benefit their home fans? Uh, Not necessarily, but you're not really asking your teams to go out and make marketing deals in foreign countries to take care of your fans, whether they are in Los Angeles or whether they're in Green Bay. Market size just doesn't matter. This is about expanding the NFL revenue footprint, and the marketing deals are going to do that internationally, but the television deals or the television fallout from this, I think is going to help the NFL's bottom line domestically as well. Am I a fan of these deals? I mean, they don't really affect me one way or the other. I've talked to hosts in NFL markets that really hate the idea of losing a home game to somewhere like Barcelona, right? Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to them. And that uh, that kind of attitude, I totally get. As a viewer in a non-NFL market, as somebody who, like, even though I do have a favorite team, it is a very casual interest in the NFL, I just like the idea that Sundays will start to mirror Saturdays in that, you know, from the time your day really gets going to very late at night, there is going to be action on television. I don't see how, as a TV viewer, you could have a problem with that. And so ends 2021 here on Media Noise. Thank you to me for doing this show today. Uh, But in all seriousness, thank you to all of our contributors this year that have appeared on the show. Thank you to everybody that has written for the site, whether you are a regular columnist, whether you have moved on uh, from the site, or whether you just contributed a guest piece at at one point. I certainly appreciate everybody that has made my job a little bit easier and a lot more fun in 2021. So what does 2022 have in store for Barrett Sports Media? Well, I can't really tell you that yet, because while we have some plans, uh, much like any good juggler, there are a lot of balls constantly in the air right now. So as soon as that starts to fall into place, we have some exciting announcements coming up. Uh, And, you know, I cannot recommend this enough. If you want to know what is going on, not just at Barrett, but across the sports media industry, Make plans to join us at the BSM Summit in New York in March. Tickets are on sale right now. You can get them at BarrettSportsMedia.com. So you do that. You also have a happy holiday season, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Three Kings Day, you name it, all the holidays. Uh, Be very happy. Be very safe. Uh, You know, take whatever precautions you need to. But uh, I will be around next year. I'll talk to you then. Don't bother me until then. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.